This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into The Michael Wall Show. It's a brand new week. We're having a great time talking about a lot of good things that matter to you and are going to help you maximize your life, maximize your world, and quite honestly, have more fun as you're living through life. And I know... You know, Randy, fun is a big part of life. We need to make sure we're having fun as we go through. If you don't have fun, you kind of get into a grind. You know, it's kind of like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we? You know, I remember, uh, I can't remember, there was a big band back in the day. They had a song used to say, what's this life for? You know, whatever. What I'm not, is I'm life? Not an, uh, huh? What is life from George Harrison? Yes. No, 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 no. Okay. No, you're going, you're, you're going too far back. back. Okay, no, you're I'm too sorry. far back. I'm thinking of Creed. <laughs> Creed is what I'm thinking uh, okay. of. Okay, so, all right. You ever heard of Creed? Sure. Okay, well, that's. Uh, I just want to make sure we're in the same ballpark. <laughs> we're just Come about on. thirty years apart. That's not all. A, not Assassin's Creed, the video game. <laughs> all right, I'm talking about Creed, the band. Anyways, hey, um, if you've been dialing in each and every week, we appreciate your listenership. I know we've seen more and more comments uh, via iTunes and uh, even on on Facebook. A lot of folks are reaching out to us there. Michael Wall Show on Facebook. Just go ahead and search Michael Wall Show there. And uh, you know, as always, the first segments. Our motivation, I'm going to jump into that for your life. It's going to help you get to where you want to go. But we're also going to, Randy, this show, talk about a couple things that are important. Trade war. Obviously, Trump's talking about tariffs and all these things. And I know you love trade wars, right? <laughs> I'm a little, you know, my wife asked me about that. She goes, is this a good thing? And I say, everything I read, this is not a good thing. But yeah. I understand why he's doing it. So yeah. we'll see how it all turns out. Yeah, well, and we're going we're gonna to dive in. We're going to talk about that because there's a lot of concern. Is how, how is that going to affect finances? And, you know, what does that look like? We're also going to talk about Bill Gates at the grocery store. Kind of an interesting <laughs> conversation, you know, uh, and dialing that into he was on the Ellen DeGeneres show a little while back. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. Just kind of interesting in our off the wall segment. Kind of fun there. And then the Fed raising rates. You know, it's happened five times. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but it has. And, you know, Randy, we've talked about that. It hasn't really trickled down to the consumer at the bank level. Not seeing CDs go up at all. It's not helping. So what's the deal there? Yeah, we're going to discuss that. Not that we're a big fan of uh, certificates of depreciation. I mean, uh, <laughs> certificates of... De- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, hey, let's jump into uh, the motivational segment here. And by the way, at any point in time, if you want to reach out to us, just go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com. Maybe you're, maybe you're a place you got a portfolio you want to review. Just give us a ring. Reach out to us. That way you'll see us online, michaelwallshow.com. But let me jump in here. Motivational segment. And I want to talk this segment specifically about this idea. And that is, if you believe your fears, you will never achieve your dreams. Now think about that for a minute. If you believe your fears, you will never achieve your dreams. I know a lot of us live life and unfortunately we can live fearfully. And that's not the way we're called to live. We're to live positive, strong, forceful lives and and, and really be an example you know, we're to not live life on the sidelines. We're to really stand firm and be an example to others. And that's exactly why we see all these issues today, I really believe, in life. So I want to just dive in for a few minutes on if you believe your fears, you'll never achieve your dreams. And I, I think the first question that we have to ask is, why do people believe their fears? And by the way, an acronym, great acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. I'll never forget that. I heard that from Zig Ziglar a long time ago. False evidence appearing real. That's all fear is. You know, a lot of times we worry about things that could happen or should happen or did happen. And we're so focused on the future and the past that we miss out on the present. 
And that's important. We need to focus on what's happening and we need to put those fears in their place. We need to realize that fear is a thought that we dwell on. And oftentimes these are fears that really never even come to fruition. I love the I love the thought here in Matthew, the book of Matthew verse chapter 6 verse 33, and it says seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And why I share that is because I really believe that the reason that we have fear in our lives uh, people that have fear or live with fear. You know, Second Timothy one seven says, "God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." And I believe the reason that we have fear in our lives is because we're focused too much on the natural. We're focused too much on a lot of the things that we can't control. You can't physically control what happens to the stock market tomorrow. You can't physically control uh, whether or not your wife or your you know, best friend or whatever it may be, your wife, let's call it that, gets pregnant. You want to say you want to have kids and, you know, you can't control that. As a grandparent or, you know, want to be grandparent, you can't control whether or not you have grandkids. Oh, I just always want to have grandkids. Somebody, you know, by the way, I've heard they're a lot more fun than having your own kids. I don't know. It's what they, so people tell me, Randy, you know, that's, that's when the fun really starts. Still waiting. <laughs> still waiting, still waiting. But, you know, you're focused on these things. And, and, you know, Randy, I know you went out and you played uh, Doral uh, this, this past week and you played yeah. from the tips. I did. And, you, yeah, I you wasn't thrilled, but I did. I yeah, 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 but you had a little bit of fear about that. You know, is this going to work out? I don't know. And you and you fared well, is mm-hmm. the point. So I think sometimes what we have to do is we have to realize, you know, when we look at generations of the past, they really broke through a lot of adversity. I'm talking about folks that lived back in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s even. They broke through a lot of adversity. And the reason that they did is because they faced challenging times. So I want to use this as a little wake up. If you're a parent out there for your children, don't try and just bubble wrap their entire life. Give them the ability to fall. Give them the ability to fail. Give them the ability to struggle on their own. Give them the ability to learn what it means to create the muscles to work through things. And I'll tell you what that does. What that does is it puts fear in its place because we all have challenges and we all have things that we have to break through. And if you're not just sitting on a couch you know, being a vegetable, so to speak, couch potato, the old, the old acronym, you're literally in a place where you have a purpose, you have a plan. We're here to add value to other people. And the only way you achieve that, the only way you go after that is by breaking through struggle. It's just part of life. And, you know, I think one of the biggest detriments that we've served up to our children, the, the, the previous generations in a lot of ways, over the last generation or so, is we've done a great job of trying to give them everything they can have. You know, financially, here's a new video game. Oh, you need a new this. Let's go out to eat. I mean, there's really, you know, uh, we're getting ready to go through a season of prayer and fasting in our church here in Florida, South Florida, Christ Fellowship. Great church. And part of that is just seeking God's will more clearly for our life. But the the other part of it is, uh, you know, also uh, working on your no muscle. It's, It's very rare in life that we have to say no to ourselves. When was the last time you told yourself no? I mean, think about it in life. You wake up and it's dinner time and you're like, you know, I think I'm in the mood for, I don't know, Chinese. Okay, so go get Chinese. You order in. You know, the only decision you have to make is do we want to order and have it, you know, delivered to us or do we want to go get it? Well, I'm too lazy. I don't want to get up and, you know, put my pants on and go get, get my Chinese. So I guess I'll have it delivered. Or maybe we want pizza or maybe we want, you know, a, a fancy steak dinner. Maybe Who knows? But the bottom line is we live in a culture in a country where it's kind of like if you want it, you get it. You've heard it before. Have it your way. Obey your thirst. All these things, all these marketing thoughts that we have 
that kind of get ingrained in our society and our system. But when we live that way, we do not build the muscles to fight through struggle. And when we don't know how to fight through struggle, that fear that I talked about in the beginning, if you believe your fears, you'll never achieve your dreams. That fear wells up, it grows, it takes residence in our, in our lives and in our minds, and it becomes something that we focus on and don't know how to move past it. And the reason is, is we've never mustered or created the muscles to have to do it. And that's why I love uh, that word in Matthew about seek first the kingdom of God. Where's our focus? Where's our mind? We're training our brain. Romans talks about be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's very, very important that we transform the thoughts in our mind and take them captive. Take every thought captive. You know, something's coming into your mind, like, oh, you can't do it. I don't know. You know, whatever. Should you? I'll never forget. You know, I was just at a car wash the other day, and I met a guy, and he has been a manager of this car wash for a long time. And I run my car through the car. I go there a lot. He's just a great guy, working hard, very, very committed. He's, he's literally there six days a week, six, seven days a week, however many days are open. And almost every day, almost the whole day, you know, from eight, seven, eight in the morning to, you know, seven, eight, nine at night, every single day this is what he does. And he said to me, he said, you know, I need to, I, I really want to kind of get ahead in life. I want to move forward. I want to do things. So what he's doing is, is he's, he literally started about a year ago taking classes and he's getting an, an education in college to get a degree. And I commend that. Now, not, not everybody should get a degree, in my opinion, but for him, that's what he wants to do. He knows something specific he wants to go after. Well, you know, he said when we were talking just briefly, I was just trying to encourage him in his process and his plan. And he said, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I, you know, it's going to take me five years to get this education while I'm working full time and I got a new baby and all of these things. So first off, put that in perspective. What does your life look like? What does your work level look like? How much free time do you get? And this guy's working six, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, every day. And he's going to college and he just had a baby. So he's making the effort. But I said to him, I said, you know, listen, man, here's, here's the reality. I won't share his name, but I said, here's the reality. I said, as an encouragement to you, think about how much older you will be five years from now if you don't go to college and take those courses to try and improve your future financially. He said, well, I'll be five years older. I said, Exactly. So I said, would you rather be five years older with a degree that's going to improve you and push you towards where you really want to go? Or would you rather be five years older and say, oh, no, I better not get a degree because it's going to take too long. I'm not going to do it, whatever. In other words, allowing that fear to creep in of the unknown. Am I doing the right thing? Is, am I going to get a job there? I don't know. He's not doing that. He's pushing through. So my challenge here, I'm going to wrap this up a little longer than normal. But my challenge here to you in this segment is literally this. Will you live a life on the sidelines or will you stand firm, push through fear, and be an example? Because that's our choice. You either live a life in the sidelines and you get caught up in all the Facebook feeds of what's going on with Trump or what's going on with this country or that country or the market or this political analyst or whatever. You get caught up in all that stuff. Or you say, you know what? Okay, what do I actually have control over? What do I actually have the ability to take charge of today? How can I become a better steward of the wealth that I've been blessed with? How can I be become a better steward of the time that I've been blessed with? And how can I fight through fear? What am I doing each and every day 
to analyze and filter through the negative garbage in our mind. You know, you wake up every day, you got to you got to kick Ned negative off your shoulder. Kick him off. You got to do it. Because when you do that, now you're in the process of starting to control how you think. And when you control how you think, you're literally in a place where now you are in a spot that you're going to move forward and do all that you've been designed to do because you're taking your thoughts captive and you're controlling the narrative inside of your brain. That is absolutely crucial. So stand firm. Be an example. Don't let fear keep you from achieving your dreams. That's my challenge to you today. Dial it in. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to this again and again and again because repetition causes memory to happen. And you need to ingrain this in your mind. It's important. These are thoughts and things that I've done over the years. Over the last 25 years or so of my life, I've literally made an effort to continually to pour in positive thought. And I'm sharing this out and pouring this out to you so you can get to the place where you do all that God's called you to do on your journey. Hey, we got a great segment coming up. We're going to talk about trade wars. What does it look like? Not Star Wars. Trade wars, tariffs, all that stuff. Are they going to affect the economy of the world, the global? How is that going to work with the markets? Hang in there. We're going to talk about it in just a moment when we come back. Hey, folks. It's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. Now, back to the show. Funny moment for our off-the-wall moment we're going to have. We'll visit that in just a few minutes. Ellen DeGeneres had on billionaire Bill Gates and quizzed him on grocery store prices. This <laughs> should be some fun. But, Michael, in the news, we hear the word tariff, you know, and that's probably a word that we haven't heard in an awful long time. Tariffs, we, it seems like that's something that happened back in the 1800s or something like that. Tariffs uh-huh. on this, tariffs on that. But it's a tax, and, and uh-huh. I know that when people think about these things, um, they think, you know, there's... There's things that we sell overseas that we know are taxed heavily, and it puts us at a disadvantage. We have a president who is very much into equal trade and leveling the playing field. So he's talking about taxing steel and aluminum, and where is that going to go? So how do you see that? There's a fear that a trade war could take place, and other industries could suffer. We might have some unemployment that goes along with it, could put us in a recession. There's a lot of talk about that. Well, there's a lot of talk about a lot of things, Randy, and you're absolutely right. And, and, and initially, for the listeners out there, as you're hearing this, just so you're clear here, kind of what Randy said, tariff, you're exactly, what is a tariff? It's just really a tax or a duty, really, that's paid on uh, a particular class of imports or exports. So it's, it's the idea of taxing uh, something, whether it be steel or whether it be other hard assets as, as we buy and sell from other countries. And, and you know, I think 
One of the things that I will say with this in general, and again, there's a lot of conversation, well, you know, he's right here, he's wrong there. You know, you hear a lot of different people talking about a lot of different things. You can take one issue and have 15 different opinions on that same issue. And it's interesting to me, in in relation to tariffs, in relation to trade war, I think that, you know, this has been talked about before, but this is the first time that I think we're really going to see any kind of momentum one way or the other with it, up or down. And the reason is, is because, you know, Trump is pretty bold in his momentum and his moves. He's probably one of the boldest presidents that we have had in a long time. Now, there's been a lot of things that Obama did that, you know, were unpopular or popular, depending on the the class that you're in and watching that. But a lot of things that he did were kind of under the table, you know, and I don't mean this to kind of digress for a minute. But, you know, if you remember all the way back, Randy, to when uh, the health care. You know, hey, we're going to change, get this new health care. Everybody called it Obamacare at the time, the Affordable Care Act. And I remember having the conversation or him having the conversation. This is going to air on C-SPAN and everybody's going to see all the talks and everybody's going to have the opportunity to see all the negotiations. And then you got Nancy you know, Pelosi saying, well, we got to pass this to find out what's inside of it, you know, um, and all of that stuff. So he passed things and did things, but it was kind of more on a closed door perspective. So it didn't have as much external ripple in the world there's I'm, I'm, I'm sharing all this for a reason not to get political i'm sharing it for a reason whereas trump uh, sometimes to his detriment is over expressive <laughs> i mean he tweets about how white the toilet paper is on the roll <laughs> i mean the guy just tweets he tweets too much i, I listen i think he pers- in my personal opinion he has done a lot of good things but i think there's a lot of things where he needs to kind of just keep his mouth shut you know, when he talked about millennia potentially being the next one out of the White House. I mean, he was joking, quote unquote, but, you know, that kind of stuff should never even come out. And, um, you know, when you look at when you look at trade wars and tariffs in general, I think the thought behind it, my opinion, the thought behind it and the concept is correct. You know, why in the world do you want to have a, a trading platform where it is totally um, unfair across the world? And in a lot of ways, the U.S. has been. Um, because, you know, we've just kind of been the superpower for such a long time. Our economy has been so much bigger than every other country for, for so long that we've kind of just lived with it, you know, and said, okay, it's, it's no big deal. But Trump is literally standing up now and saying, wait a minute, we literally need to deal with this. You know, the U.S. is not, we're still big and powerful in the world, don't get me wrong, but we're not as big and powerful as we used to be. China is, is, is an enormous uh, culture and country. You know, India's uh, way far behind, I know, but India is poised for significant growth. The idea of, you know, the middle market economy uh, all over the world is much different than what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, especially with the Internet and people being able to get things whenever they want and, and, and just global wealth increasing. And there's a lot, of more, a lot of money that's being lent to other countries. So infrastructure is being changed. Uh, it's being built and all of these different things. So the question is, will it create a trade war in general? Are there going to be layoffs? Are there going to be significant damage to China's steel industry or uh, different things like that? You know, I, I think it's too early to tell for sure. So I think at this point in time, anybody that's talking about anything at this stage is jumping to conclusions. Unfortunately, what we do know is we live in a world that is ultra political, ultra political world. And it's really unfortunate that we live in that world, Randy, because now everything that's talked about is politicized, you know, from the shootings that happened down here in Florida to all the other things that are going on, including this. It's ultra politicized and people are literally, whether it's uh, Republican or Democrat, they're literally sitting along the wade side and they're, they're saying, OK, oh, here's an opportunity that I can use to kind of push forward my political agenda. 
And I don't know how we get away from that because it's very, very deep, you know, and we have lobbyists and all of these other things. But what I love to do is I love to just kind of step back and say, wait a minute, let's put the politics aside and let's look specifically at the cause. Let's look specifically at the issue and let's dial into that and say, what does that look like? And I think when you take a look at fair trading and just that simple example, fair trading, um, I'll use my kids as an example. We have four kids, right? Cyrus, Justice, Joel, and JL. And Randy, you know, kids always trade fairly. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Cyrus is there. He's a business guy. He's 10 years old. He's thinking, you know, okay, I'm JL, Joel. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you leave your money at in my wallet. He calls it his bank. And then I'm going to charge you interest. Now, that's not trading, but that's, uh, you know, I'm like, Cyrus, you can't do that to them. <laughs> and, you know, when they trade things, though, it's not fair. It's like, okay, here, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you three M&Ms if you give me six. Um, and the younger ones are like, well, yeah, because I always wanted the green ones, so you give me the green M&Ms. There's three. Okay, good. And I'll give you six. Well, that seems fair to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not fair. So only the adult can come in and say, wait a minute. I'm going to take those additional three M&Ms and eat them myself. <laughs> no, I mean, in all reality, I think fair trade is an important conversation. And we've seen, you know, the kind of the, you know, the crying and complaining that can come out from folks that are that are being treated unfairly. But in today's world, here's what I know. What I know is there is a lot of opportunity out there. And if we just get off the couch and we get our mind right. And that's why I covered what I did about the mo- in a motivational segment about if you believe your fears, you'll never achieve your dreams. You know, how do you do that? And by the way, if you missed that segment, go back and listen to it. Go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com and uh, subscribe to the show. Make sure you subscribed and listen to that segment because it's going to help you. But, you know, I think the idea is we need fair trade. It's necessary. And it's not just necessary today, but it's necessary in the future. And, and Randy, one last thought to this of why this is so crucial and important is, you know, the way that we have traded historically in the past is very different than the way that we're going to trade in the future. I mean, you know, steel and things like that are still tangible things, but, but there's a lot of other things that are traded via the Internet that almost aren't even material. They don't, they're not real. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think about um, Bitcoin, you know. As I see, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's exactly right. And, and so, so that kind of thing, I mean, that's, that's what people need to be thinking about, okay? It's not necessarily just what's going on here with steel or what's going on here with, you know, whatever. But it's the idea of the way we trade in the future is going to be very different than the way we trade in the past. And I think that is where people potentially might be missing it here is they're looking too heavily at the past, and they're not in a situation where they're looking at how we're going to be trading in the future. Now, one, one other thing in relation to investments, because that's a, that's a question in a lot of people's minds. And as you know, Randy, we've, we've uh, over the last 17 years, helped a lot of families with kind of our multifamily office structure, help them protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth. And if, from time to time, I have new folks coming in, one of the second opinion. And some of the questions are, what's going on with the things of today? And obviously, one of the things of today is what we're talking about here, these trade wars, tariffs, and how is that going to affect the portfolio? Over the years of my understanding of really building out portfolios, one of the things that I've found for clients and families is that if you build out a portfolio that is built in such a way that it's based on the goals, dreams, desires of the client and understanding real risk, not just conservative, moderate, or aggressive, but real risk, how much money could we actually lose? And anything that can go up fast can go down fast. 
Okay, so we need to understand real risk. And when we build that into the portfolio, now we know that we're literally in a place where we have opportunity. You know, we're like the baseball player. We're up to bat. We can we can have the opportunity to hit the ball, but we're not going to we're not going to strike out. We're not going to lose a bunch of money on our portfolio. And we're always going to be in a place where by using alternatives, by using a variety of different structures, off market structures, on market structures, we're going to blend together the type of portfolio that's going to weather these storms and make it through these storms. And so that's something that's really important. If somebody's all in the market, Randy, at this stage in the game, uh, you know, if they have the majority of their portfolio in equities, stocks, et cetera, or they have the majority of the portfolios potentially in, you know, bonds or, or, what, or a blend of the two, then there is cause for concern. There is a cause for concern there because if this does, you know, markets are moving now because of hype in a lot of ways. It's not the only reason. There's still some analysis that's technical and fundamental and all that stuff that still applies. But there's a lot of hype that will move markets and it moves fast. And so I think that's something that people need to be aware of is what is actually in my portfolio. And if it's heavy in equities and bonds, then you probably need to be reevaluating how you're invested. You know, these are the issues that we see on the news and we wonder, you know, how is this going to affect my money? And you hear something like what Michael just talked about there and you wonder as you dive into your own portfolio, am I vulnerable at this place or that place? Well, that's kind of what this show is all about. And we would invite you to take a look at our website, michaelwallshow.com. Down at the bottom of the page, there's a button down there that says request my review this is what is interesting to you on the show today, why don't you uh, leave your name, your email, and comment that this is what you'd like to talk to Michael about. Let's find out if there's a vulnerability for you with your investments when it comes to trade, tariffs, and some of the headlines that you might be concerned about. Again, michaelwallshow.com, and down at the bottom of the page, it says, request my review. Coming up next, how about our off-the-wall moment this week? Bill Gates on with Ellen DeGeneres. How did that turn out? We'll take a look at it. Coming up next on The Michael Wall Show. Worried about losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth, radio show host and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry, and I want investors to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now. Thanks for joining us for The Michael Wall Show. Now, back to the show. All right. So Ellen DeGeneres, funny lady, uh, has yeah. a great show. And she had Bill Gates on her show the other day. So, you know, one of the richest guys in the world. She thought she'd yep. quiz yep. him on everyday items at the grocery oh, yeah. store. Take a listen to this. When's the last time that you have been at a supermarket? Long time ago. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Tide pods. You've been hearing a lot about uh, those lately. What do you think? Four dollars. <laughs> No, no, they want, they want me to go higher. Yeah. Let's go with $10. $10. $19.97. It's expensive to do laundry. It's uh, very costly. <laughs> so I imagine that Bill Gates doesn't do his own grocery shopping, do you? Uh, no. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, in today's culture, in today's world, it's so easy, quite honestly, just to have it delivered. Yep. Uh, you know, have people do that for you. And, uh, you know, we've we've utilized those services and it's just convenient. You know, really what it comes down to is making sure that you can maximize your time. I yep. mean, you, you only get so much, you only get so many hours in a day and you got to focus on your strengths and his strengths 
Uh, it's not going to the grocery store. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with going to the grocery store. I'm not saying anything about that, but you know, if they have services that you can hire people to do it, and you can go kind of live in in your uh, strength and, and and make more money and add more value to people. Then, then that's really what you got to be focusing. By the way, to get you to the next level, that's a little side motivation. But I know you kind of wanted to cover well, it from the angle of, of costs and things and yeah. unrelatable. Well, yeah. what, what I think about is, you know, Bill Gates doesn't need to know how much right. it, you know things cost at the grocery store. That's not yeah. one of his worries in life. Right. But at the same time, there are things in life that we need to know what mm-hmm. they cost. Uh, you know, a guy like Bill Gates needs to know what his investments are costing him. He needs to know what every move he makes in business is costing him. And I mean, yeah. Michael, that is something that you focus in on is there's there's a cost to everything. And the, the question is, is are we comfortable with that cost? Do we want to take that, make that cost? Do we want to take that risk? And I think that's that kind of opens up some conversation here. Well, it does open up some conversation because there's a lot of, um, you know, move and shift. Obviously, Bill is, is very involved now in, in their charity, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And, you know, Melinda's the co-chair there as well. So she's she's definitely well plugged in. And that's that's kind of become their new MO. Microsoft and some other things have, has kind of gone by the wayside a bit, if you will. And so, you know, he's moving into his, his own element. So, yeah, I mean, obviously... You know, when, when you're in a place where, you know, whether it be a family office structure, a multifamily office structure, when you're talking about significant wealth, you, you're in a place where you have people that, that are in the chair, if you will, um, that are helping you with the, the decisions you need to make. You know, bringing in the right experts and professionals to do what you need to do, which is exactly, you know, how we're structured in a lot, in a lot of ways, you know, to help kind of bring that portfolio together. But I think what happens sometimes is it's always good to have a checkup. You know, um, you know, I'm sure Bill left that interview not saying, okay, well, I need to go to the grocery store and you know, make sure I can do shopping now so I can be relevant. But he probably left that interview with Ellen saying, you know, geez, I, I was way off there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether he shared it later in the show or whether he thought about it later, because the guy's, you know, very, very smart man. I'm sure there's a period of time where he basically said, boy, you know, have I, I I've kind of lost touch a little bit with reality. And that is important and to some degree, because, you know, you're, you're literally in a place where in order for you to speak to culture and the current thought of the day, if you will, culture, let me just use that word. You need to understand culture a little bit. You really do. You need to be dialed in a bit. I mean, if somebody's in a place where they're saying, you know, you hear this all the time from politicians. Well, you know, I, I live in your shoes. I know what you're going through. And, you know, a lot of these politicians are multi, multi-millionaires or more. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, as long as they're making their money fairly and justly and from business and not, you know, um, moving and positioning the system to their benefit. But at the end of the day, they kind of lose touch with reality. So with Bill Gates, one of the things that I see happening with him a bit is he's losing a little bit of touch with reality. And when you look at your portfolio, um, you can lose touch with reality. You can lose touch with what's going on. And the reason that happens sometimes is because you're, you're just in a place where you've bestowed your trust in someone. I get that. Or a team of people. I understand that. But, you know, maybe those, maybe those reviews or those progress meetings that you have when you sit down are not in de- as in-depth as, the, as they should be. Or maybe you're just not asking the questions anymore because you're just like, well, you know, I th- we're doing okay, so I'll just I'll let it go. You know, the big part about that, Randy, is as we know, the markets since 2009 have, for the most part, been up. They've been they've been positive. And it's easy to kind of just mentally get off track or not worry about it when the markets are strong because you should be making money. 
And even if you're not just in markets, you might be in hedge fund type of investments or you might be in venture capital or you might be in other things. And I think it's always important to continually reevaluate because what it gets back to is stewardship. You know, that's a word you hear me say a lot on this show. And I talk about it a lot because I believe stewardship is a big part of our life. You know, we are required to be a good steward. Now, being a good steward might mean that you, you, you need to have professionals in your corner helping you manage your wealth, helping you minimize your taxes, helping you plan your estate, helping you create legacy planning, helping you, you know, really give to charities in a way that makes sense in the most financial way. I'll give you a quick example. There was, a, there's a couple that we're helping, not a huge portfolio, but a decent size, a couple million dollars. And we're in a place where they came to us. They were with a large CPA firm in the country. I won't mention the name, but that firm also does wealth management. They also have a wealth management division. They, they manage their wealth as well. And, you know, this is basic stuff, but these are little things that just get missed. He's a business owner, very successful. He's in the process of selling his company. And one of the things that we talked about is giving monies to charities. There's a nonprofit, several nonprofits that they're very passionate about, and they wanted to give monies to it. Well, he had money in an IRA. Not everybody has money in an IRA account, but he did. And he's got money in an IRA. And obviously, at 70 and a half, you are required to uh, give monies, your RMDs, to randomly money donations, Randy. That's what it's called. You know that. <laughs> Random money donations. Okay. That's not <laughs> it. It's required minimum distribution. I just want to make sure you didn't fall. Uh, you know, I'm looking I over here. I did not fall saying, asleep. I knew Randy's, that was wrong. Randy's uh, twiddling his thumbs. He's playing Parcheesi. All right. He fell asleep. Randy, no, I uh, did not. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> All right. So let's not lose the track here. But, you know, he's giving his RMDs every year. Got a successful business. And he's in a place where he's saying, you know, I want to maximize my donations. Now, remember, he's with a large CPA firm in the country. You would know the name if I shared the name. I'm not going to, but he's with them. They also have, again, a wealth management division. And I'm talking to him. We're doing a review, just second opinion. I did a book signing at an event uh, that he was at, and uh, he came up to me after, and he said, you know, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation. I love the way you think. I, I love how you present, and you know, et cetera. So we had a conversation, kind of did a second opinion, had, the, had our team dive into his current situation and really understand you know, what his needs and concerns were, et cetera. Well, here's what we found. What we found is he, didn't, he did not need those required minimum distributions. He had to take them. He had to take the monies each and every year because he was over the age of 70 and a half. He had to take it, but he didn't need it. So what he was doing is he was giving those distributions to charities. Well, the problem is he was literally taking that money and he was getting withdrawals, which was suggested by his current advisor, that CPA firm and wealth manager, a big name in the country. And he was getting those withdrawals and he was taking that money and giving it to the charities. Well, there's a big problem with that. And the problem with that is he's literally taking those withdrawals and now it's counting as ordinary income, even though he didn't keep it on his return which means he had to take, let's just say he took $50,000 out as an example, or hundred grand, or whatever. Let's just use 100 as a, as a number. So he takes $100,000 out, simple math. And out of that 100000 well, he's in the, he's in the mid-30s to, to higher-30s tax bracket. So now he's, he's literally taking almost 40% of the monies out to pay taxes on it. That's $40,000. And then it gives the other $60,000 away. Well, the problem with that is, is literally he's still giving money to charity, but he's giving less than he could because he's got to give $40,000 to the government every year. And so I said, tell me, why in the world is your current firm 
not telling you or encouraging you to give that RMD, that required minimum distribution, directly from the custodian where the money is being managed to the charity. Why are they not encouraging you to do that? He's like, well, I don't know. I'm still giving money to the charity, you know, where everybody's winning. And plus I get to kind of, um, you know, I get this IRA, you know, we got these taxes, we got to write off and I got other things that, you know, they're just telling me that's the best way to do it. And I said, it's just not, you know, it's just, it's just being missed here. I said, do you realize there's an additional $40,000 per year in that scenario uh, that could have gone to the charity over the last four or five years of you giving money to these charities, which is another almost $200,000 that would have went to the charity instead of the government. And it was just a small little thing, but it was missed. And it's a big deal. Because what's the impact of that money to a nonprofit that really needs uh, the revenue? And it, 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 the answer is it's a big deal. And so that was one of the first things that started the conversation with him to say, you know, I really need to have a second opinion. You know, if they're missing this, and this is kind of a small thing, and they're a big CPA firm, what else are they missing on, on the investment side? Maybe there's something else. So we dove in and we found some other things. And needless to say, he's, they're, they're now clients of the firm, and it's been a great connection. And, and oh, by the way, we fixed that. We fixed that problem, Randy. You know, our team fixed it. And now the money is when he gives a donation is going directly to the charity. So they're getting the full benefit of his entire RMD and he doesn't have to pay any taxes on it. So it's a small detail, but it's a big difference outcome. And we were able to fix that because he paid attention. So to your point, paying attention to things that are happening in your portfolio are really, really important. And sometimes it's just that checkup. You know, you go and you get a health checkup with your body to say, you know what? Everything seems like it's okay. Everything seems like we're going where we need to be. But I'm going to go get a health checkup because, you know, that's a good thing to do. There might be some things that have changed that I'm not aware of. And, and that's why those things matter. So maximizing what we have. And so with Bill Gates, kind of to wrap this down, you know, I'm sure he's got a lot of advisors in his corner. In fact, I know he does. But, you know, him dialing in and plugging in, at least at a high level, to say, okay, give me, give me an example of what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this. And then at least he knows the details. He can make a decision and, and move on. And you need to know those things in your financial life to maximize your stewardship. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show, and you can find us at michaelwallshow.com. Pretty easy there. If there's something that Michael has kind of hit on here and you go, yeah, that kind of sounds like me a little bit there. I think I'd like that kind of 50,000-foot view of what's going on and maybe getting in just a little bit closer than what I usually am. I want you to give Michael a call. Here's our number. It's 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255. You can go to our website, which is michaelwallshow.com. There's a button there that says Request My Review, and there's a there's a window there that you can write in your comment about what you'd like to talk about and the team will reach out to you and we'll have that discussion again michaelwallshow.com we talk about interest rates every now and then usually it affects the market when there's rumor of an interest rate hike well the fed has raised interest rates five times in the last two years but it's not trickling down to the banks. We're trickle not, down economy, baby. We're not seeing it, Michael. Come on now. Come on. Everybody <laughs> likes to trickle. We, uh, we are not seeing the CDs go up at, at mm. the rate that the, uh, that the Fed has raised the interest rates. Yeah. And a congressman just recently said, hey, this is not right. What's the deal? What's the lag time going on here? Because there's people that should benefit from this, and they're not seemingly benefiting from it. So what do you see there? Is there, is there a lag time? Is that a usual kind of thing? Should people be looking toward the CDs? as an alternative for more of a conservative approach to part of their portfolio? What do you see? In relation to 
uh, interest rates. Okay, I mean, I've, you know, the Fed, oh, the Fed moves up, the Fed's going to move down, the Fed's going to keep it the same, Fed's going to whatever. You know, everybody's so worried about the Fed. You know, I'm fed up with the Fed. How about that? <laughs> I'm in a situation where I'm saying, listen, would you stop worrying about your portfolio in relation to the Fed and build out a portfolio that's going to be uh, working in a way that's going to work regardless of which direction the Fed goes? Because you can do that. Now, when you talk about CDs specifically, I know that there are some people that are putting money in CDs, but not a lot of money. Because at the end of the day, you know, certificates of deposit, as I, as I like to call them, certificates of depreciation. <laughs> you know, you're literally losing money safely. And, um, and why is that? Well, because you're not keeping up with interest rates. Here's a good indicator, Randy, of how banks, in a lot of ways, are not your friend. All right? Okay. Obviously, too big to fail. They got a lot of money in 2008. The buyouts, we remember that. Everybody forgets. But remember, they got billions of dollars in buyouts because they were too big to fail. Okay? And here we are, the Fed raising rates five times, and it's not being reflected on CDs. Now, again, most of the time, we're not investing in CDs anyways, but I think it's an interesting conversation because it helps us to understand these banks in general, what are banks really good at? Banks are good at loaning money. Banks are good at um, having checkings and checking and savings accounts. That's, what, that's kind of their MO. That's how they started. That's what they're about. Well, what's happened is, is banks have said, well, you know, we can also have a, an investment division that can help people with their investments. We can also offer CDs where people can invest money. But the bank isn't necessarily, in my opinion, having the best interest of the consumer in mind, except for the side of loaning money, savings, and checking. You know, it's like insurance companies that are out there that primarily offer property and casualty, and maybe life insurance in general and things like that, or health insurance, but property and casualty for the most part. And then they get in and saying, okay, oh, by the way, we do investments too. The reason that these companies do that, and the reason the banks do that, I get it, but the reason they do that is because there's a lot of money on the sidelines that they're saying, geez, we got the client coming in the door. You know, we could pick up these investments as well even though that's not necessarily their specialty. Now, they build out a division and call it their specialty, but a lot of times they're not getting the most value. The client, the consumer, is not getting the most value when you look at the value proposition on the overall portfolio. So when you, look at, when you look at CDs and we look at interest rates in relation to the Fed raising, Randy, you said they've raised five times, right? Yep. And it hasn't trickled down, right? Right. So here's a question. What's the bank's number one concern, desire, goal. What's their number one goal? They have to make money for themselves. Okay. So a bank, by the way, is a business. A business's number one goal is to make money. Make money. Ding, 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 ding. Randy, will you win the prize? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make money. If you're confused about that, uh, don't be. I'm making it real simple for you. Banks are a business. Their design and goal is to make money. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making money. I have several businesses. Wall private wealth. One of the things we talk about is managing portfolios, doing tax savings, adjusting and creating legacy plans for families and, and, and the different folks that we serve. That's a business that is designed to make money. And we want to make money. And we want to make our, our clients money. We want to make it a win-win because if we don't make money, we can't service our clients. Wall Venture, venture capital company. Wall Lehman, a consulting company. You know, the Michael Wall Show, obviously its own entity going out doing its own thing. And then I do some motivational coaching and speaking. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with making money, but you have to make sure as a consumer that you're getting the best 
advocate. Now, when you look at a bank, one of the things that you got to realize is, is think about this. So borrowing money. So let's talk to the other side of the uh, spectrum. So CD rates have not really jumped in comparison to the Fed rates jumping. But how about how about borrowing money? How about the 30-year mortgage? How about the 30-year fixed mortgage? Has that interest rate gone up? And the answer is it has. You know, it wasn't too long ago that it was close to 3%. You could borrow for a 30-year mortgage to buy a home, and the interest rate was close to 3%. Now it's closer to 4.5%. So isn't it interesting that when you look at a bank, Randy, that the interest rates on borrowing money, which is how they make money, have gone up for the consumer, meaning the consumer now has to pay more, but the actual rate of return that they give you in CDs has not really gone up that much. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about that? It reminds me of gas prices. They always talk about how, you know, gas prices, the, the price of a barrel of oil has gone down, but I don't see it at the pump. And then they say, you know, the price of a barrel of oil has gone up and bam, that thing goes up a, a nickel or a, a dime every gallon. So, I mean, it's, the correlation isn't, isn't there the way it should be. Well, and, and, you know, what they say, what the conversation there is, is, you know, we had reserve barrels that we bought on previous prices. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that, that's the story. <laughs> but, but, but like you said, as, as prices go up, they're reflected immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the barrels that you bought at a low price? There you go. But that's never reflected. So the bottom line is you need to understand that banks in general are designed to make money, and there's nothing wrong with that. But making money is very, very important. And when you look at if the, if the bank can go and borrow money or buy money is really what they're doing. Because, you know, when, when you invest in a CD, and again, we don't have many folks that, that really invest in many CDs because there's just a lot of other investments out there. But I want to take a minute and park on that because there are some folks that have money in banks and in investment structures like that. And, you know, one of the things you got to know is they're literally buying your money. It's, it's, it's exactly what's happening. Anywhere you invest money other than stocks and things, you know, in a lot of ways, they're, they're technically buying your money. They're saying, we're going to give you an interest rate uh, for your money being invested here. And if they can go buy money from the Fed, if you will, at, at a cheaper rate and make money on it, then why would they buy it from you and give you a greater rate? And it just doesn't make any sense. And that's exactly why the interest rates reflect the way they do. So stop losing money safely is the point. Because there are other investments out there. If you want a fixed rate of return, there are other investments out there that will offer you a fixed rate of return that is higher than what you're currently making. And a lot of times it's safer in relation to um, the amount of dollars backing up the amount of money you invested. That's another interesting conversation. A lot of people say, well, you know, I've put up X amount of dollars into the into the bank. And obviously we have that FDIC, you know, level of $250,000 and all that. Which, again, to a lot of our clients, you know, they have enough money that doesn't really apply. They might leave a little bit of money at the banks. But if you go to the FDIC and you actually look at the fine print on how much money is actually backing up the money that you have at the bank, it's virtually nothing. And it's, it's astounding when people actually see the fine print on the FDIC website. So stop moving, losing money safely would be my suggestion here, Randy, and look at other investments that have the same or even higher safety, degree of safety, uh, and, you know, have a greater rate of return. So 
that's how you need to be looking at this story. Find us online, michaelwallshow.com. There's a lot there. You can see Michael's book, Retire Once, Retire Well, now in its second edition. You'll see Michael has been on Fox Business, Bloomberg, USA Today, Smart Money, a lot of different places. Check us out online today, michaelwallshow.com. Well, I'll tell you, Randy, great show today. And as you're tuning in and dialing in and listening, first off, again, I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Hope there's been some value there. And if you missed the first parts of the show, I'm going to challenge you to go back and listen to it throughout the week. You know, that's the reason we don't do a ton of shows every week at this stage in the game, because we want you to be able to really digest what's been shared. And, you know, some of the ways that you digest is is you replay and replay and replay. Now, I, I know a lot of times in our culture today, we don't do that. You know, we, we hear something quick, we throw it away, we go to the next soundbite. And that causes us to not really be able to think on our own. That's why this show is structured the way it is. So we talked about a lot of great things from if you believe your fears, you'll never achieve your dreams. We talked about that in the motivational segment. You need to listen to that. If you're an adult and you have adult children, you need to share that with them. If you have younger kids, share it with them. Share this with someone that you know needs an encouragement to push through their, their fears. We talked about trade wars, you know, with Trump and the tariffs and all this. What's going to happen in the economy? What's going to happen overall? We talked about uh, Bill Gates going to the grocery store in the little off-the-wall segment. It was kind of fun, but the importance of make sure we dial in from time to time to the things that we really need to understand, in particular with our investments. And we also talked about the Fed raising rates and how that affects uh, our money overall and how it's going to affect things in general. So dial into those things so you can be in tune and up to date on what's going on in a simple, easy to understand format. But as always, we appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate your uh, subscription on podcasts. We appreciate your feedback and comments. We'd love to hear more and more. Go to Michael Wall Show on Facebook. Search Michael Wall Show on Facebook. And uh, if you're subscribed to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever, we'd love to hear your feedback and comments of what you'd like to hear more of. And at any point in time, reach out to us, michaelwallshow.com. But again, thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. As always, the challenge, here is a challenge to live with purpose so you can live on purpose. Have an awesome week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.